This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share His love. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in, listening and watching episode number 47. 47. Of Radiant Reflections, I actually know which number it is, which is no small miracle. That's, I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah, you should I'm be because my is, brain is, is, good. <laughs> is generally not of that uh, capability. So. Uh, well, to be fair, you you keep track of a lot of things on a day-to-day basis. Well, episode numbers. Particularly <laughs> the episode number thing. Yeah, we, we produce uh, four to 500 episodes every week. So the fact that you have a, a struggle remembering <laughs> a specific podcast episodes, yeah. uh, I think there's a you lot give of me grace. A pass. Oh, I cool. Think, yeah. <laughs> good deal. Yes. Good uh, deal. I would say so. Well, good morning. Yeah. And, uh, good morning, everybody, or welcome. whenever you're watching this. Yeah. Yeah. Good afternoon. Good or evening, listening. Or good night. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we're uh, we're rocking some coffee, and Here, we've got. Let's do uh, this. Let's see if we can. Is it going to focus? Look away, Josh. There, did it. Sweet. Don't look at me. I'm okay. curious. <laughs> did it show up? It did. <laughs> okay. No, Haley, it came into focus. So the cameras are, they have literally AI driven, artificial intelligent driven eye focusing software in them. Huh. So when you have that turned on, if your eye is anywhere within the scene of the camera, it's going to focus on your eyeball and follow you and so forth. So you've got to kind of look away and then. Which is pretty sweet. It is. I mean, like if it's you the think- reason I bought these cameras. There, there are other cameras that are equally as beautiful in terms of like the images that they produce, but they don't have that tech in them. And a lot of times when I film, I'm by myself. I don't have time to go to like three different go cameras. Move and everything and do focus pulls. And, and yeah. I just want it to work person's face because i do a lot of this talking head kind of recording yep so these have served me very very well nice yeah but yeah this this is fun these we said before we started these are interesting coffee mugs they're square they're blocky and chunky yeah so we got these from uh bsc laserworks that's uh cool yeah so rock and roll they uh uh, what are the what's the acronym one is banazek yes no it's not Uh, okay it's uh brotherhood safety consultants so oh, I mean it is. I mean it's, right. it's Ryan and Benazek Dave. and Northrop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they yeah, they yeah. do these. Uh, they do some engraving. Yeah. And so we asked them for some mugs. And then, ladies and gentlemen, I actually I requested some extras. Uh, oh boy! So that we can give a few of them away to you guys. What should we do? I mean, the only thing I can think of is like we have them do something specific in the comments on YouTube. Yeah. Or yeah, I would say I would say let's 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 make it a share a share challenge so share the podcast on three different platforms take a screenshot of those shares email it to josh at, at the, the radiant, radiant life. Life. church and for every well how many do you have i've got well so i think i had to make 12 12 so, so let's say we're, the we're six gonna, of them or? well because i want to keep 
at least two more so if we have guests on and we want them brilliant. to have the chunky mug brilliant so let's keep a few more back let's say six we'll give away six of them six mugs uh to the folks that share today's episode episode 47 on three different platforms so you could share that on facebook uh you could share it on twitter you could share it on instagram so specifically sharing the episode today will get you uh, and send us screenshots again to Josh at the radiantlife.church. You could also, and if you're like an audio person, um, yeah, you could, you know, I, at least in Apple Podcasts, I, you you share yeah. stuff from Overcast all the I time. I do, I do. So you can share, you know, hey. In a text message. Sh- send us an image, a screenshot of your group text where you're sharing, yeah. you know, whatever. If you're an audio uh, listener. Yeah, if you're an audio listener. We don't mm-hmm. want to discriminate against all of mm-hmm. you audio and the Files. first six people that do that will get the mug. So we're hoping it'll be more than that. Yeah. Which reminds me, I was thinking this week, Josh, we're a little bit stalled out on our new subscribers. Did you Eight, notice that? 864 is what I think I looked at this morning. 864. Right, 864. Yeah. So we need your help, uh, listeners and viewers. We need your help to increase our YouTube subscription, particularly we're looking for YouTube, because when we get to that thousand number mark, we're going to do something really cool. You guys crushed the 750. Killed it. And then yeah. and went above and beyond. So and what a fun time cool. we had. Drinking cool coffee, uh, drinking espresso. We had espresso. We had cold brew. We had... A couple of Japanese cold pours. Ca- uh, cold pours. Yep. We had we had Kalitas. We had Clever Drippers. We had Chemex. It was wonderful. So, But this coffee here, Josh, is from Sway in uh south bend i went to the the notre dame game this saturday and so did uh, they win they did uh but they really didn't play i mean they played central michigan oh which it was weird i james miller went with is me is that and that's his is that where, where he caleb graduated went? i thought caleb went to western but maybe no. he went to central didn't he go to western michigan no okay. i'm pretty sure caleb caleb you you went to central right i think he watches or listens i'm pretty maybe. sure he went to central okay well we stomped him um, it was, it was, they played better than we thought, but anyway, uh, we went to Sway, uh, downtown first we had some barbecue and then we went to Sway and got some coffee and I picked up a bag of coffee here. I'm going to cover, I'm going to cover the, the tasting. Oh, notes. it's an Ethiopian. It's an Ethiopian. Nice. Which I, there was definitely a fruity thing. I just can't yep. place the fruit. The farm is the Hamasho farm and the region is the Benza Sadama. We've had plenty of coffee from the Sadama region of Ethiopia. Wonderful. This is an heirloom variety. It's natural processed. It's grown at 2,200 meters. Josh, I'm going to tell you the first thing that I know the notes, but the first thing I noticed because the coffee does seem to be a little bit past prime prime. because the tasting notes are such powerful notes. It's like if this was the note, it probably was most present when it was super, super fresh. Mm. But what do you taste? What do you taste? I'm going to say blood orange. Mm interesting that's interesting josh okay and, and chamomile tea chamomile tea i do taste a tea those tea are the, those, those okay. are the two i'm gonna throw out there all right so it's kind of like it seems like it's almost standard issue with ethiopians blueberry right the blueberries that there. does show up a lot see i don't yep. i don't taste blueberry though if it did it would be i taste a blueberry that's not quite ripe like when they're still oh. a little bit tart you know if you not fully purple or blue or whatever uh and then grapes and then lime rind, which I would say blood orange. Well, pretty, it's pretty a close. Citrus. Citrus. Pretty close. Yeah. But yep, but, this huh. Ethiopian from Sway, which is actually Embassy Coffee Company. Uh, Chris is the, the proprietor of that organization out of Goshen is where they do their roasting. But then his flagship shop is in South Bend, 
called Sway. It is really, really phenomenal coffee. So. If you're ever down uh, South Bendway, you better swing yep. by and check it out. Yep, definitely. But no, it's a good cup of coffee. Not as good as that Corvus that we had last week. The Corvus was spectacular. That was that was a really, really good cup of coffee. Hard to top that one. Hard to top it. And that was an so, exotic series. So yeah. anytime you get and and Sway actually has exotic coffee too, and you can get it there at the at the coffee bar. Or sometimes a lot of these little tins that you can buy. They didn't have any of those. I was going to buy some. Is that where you got that other one yes. too? Oh, a yes. little paint can. It looked like it a little, like little half pint. Like a urethane can. can. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But it was really, really special coffee. Uh, so, but yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So. Well, this week, uh, Ryan continued with part two of our series called Controversial Jesus. Um, and again, we just really kind of need to continue to say to you, uh, if you didn't watch or listen to episode one, Chad, our tech director, uh, puts out the audio every week. And then Haley, our producer, puts out the teaching on YouTube every week after we've streamed it. Please go back, yep. listen to or watch the first message because these are yes. very, very... Push pause on this podcast. Yep. <laughs> go back and watch the message. Because they really do feed on one another. Yep. So... Yeah. Which, um, super cool, this morning, yeah. and I think it ties in with our, with uh, the kind of the theme of Controversial Jesus, mm -hmm. which ultimately, right, I would say that, you know, this is about submitting to the Lordship of Jesus in, in all things. Mm -hmm. um, for some reason this morning, did you ever listen back in the 90s to the, to the band Leader Dogs for the Blind? No, I've never heard of no. them. No. Okay, so they had a record called Lemonade. Okay. okay. And the, the the first track on that record is called Yellow and Black Attack. And it opens with like, I, I don't know, maybe it's some clip from, from a movie. I don't know. Okay. I just remember as a teenager, I loved this clip. But it opens up with this with this voiceover. And the, and the guy is saying, you need to stop playing God because you're not good at it. And the position is already taken. <laughs> <laughs> well and some, said. And I, and I thought, oh, that's like... That's kind of the heartbeat of this anthem, <laughs> the anthem cry. So they're kind of like they're. I don't want to say metal. They're almost industrial. Okay, kind of like a. There are some in some ways they're they're kind of like a, a, a Christian version of Alice in Chains. Okay, so some harder rock and roll, harder, industrial. Yeah, they've got some of that yeah. industrial uh, vibe to it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was yeah. like early to mid '90s that record came out. But I'm not familiar with that one. Okay, yeah. Some for some reason that popped in my head this morning. I was like, "Oh yeah, look that yeah. that fits perfect." So I was listening to that on my way here. So good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> it was. Ryan quoted some great music uh, yesterday, although I just <laughs> let the cat out of the bag. I think it's still great music, but some of it is not probably too great. But anyway, see, I was never an ACDC fan. Yeah, man, I am an ACDC. <laughs> what and, like and what Zeppelin. is Zeppelin? Oh, see, Zeppelin's Let's got Zeppelin, like, okay, like, immigrant song. Yeah, that's probably Black one of my Dog. favorite songs of all time. Yes. So, <laughs> yes, Cashmere. I mean, we could go on and on. Yeah, that vibe of music, the classic rock vibe, pr pr okay. prog rock, particularly. Listeners, viewers know Pink Floyd, favorite band of all time. Um, see, I yeah. just feel like I've always thought like ACDC was too. It's too on the nose, or. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're super gritty, which I don't. And maybe they're like, for my for my liking, they're too gritty. Sure, I don't know. Sure. I like I like sure. heavier music. I like yeah. you know I like me some hardcore, some metal. You know, but like mm -hmm. I've never been able to 
quite groove with ACDC. I mean, the the lyrics aren't great, and I, I think it's more about the music than it is the lyrics from what what I like about them. I like the tone, the SG Gibson SG guitar tone. I See, like, I think that's where I don't. Yeah, so much I've, gritty, I growly. Don't, I've never mm. liked the SG. Let's. It's too. It's too dirty. It's it's dirty. And then I do like the drumming. It's very. Locked it's in, in your face in your face it's big, like a heavy dt so i dude yeah. i was actually pumped yesterday DT i gotta play hits. with dt i know dt drums hard and tight like he's he makes no mistakes like he he punches those drums yes. it's I, it was yes it had been a long time since i had played with dt i love playing with micah yes but I, it was really cool to dt's heavier handed yeah, oh he, yeah he, he's like oh yeah he's yeah he's, he's thunders on those he drums, does. man he i does. love it he's been I playing on the team what a blessing it's for punchy, so many years so and we just and we just welcomed this is totally sideways but we just welcomed a new drummer well yeah he was at practice dude and he was he can play he john, was throwing down man john carlos he can play <laughs> yeah. that, that that dude can play i was like yeah. dude we're excited jamming. we are excited so. and there is another bass player that's potentially going to join us but he sadly he's had some real struggles with back injury, so we're praying and hoping he'll get better. But and bases are heavy, so, yeah, so yes. your back's hurting. You don't mm -hmm. want to be yeah. slinging a base on. Yeah. So. so, but part two in uh, the controversial Jesus series. This message was called "Drum Roll: Jesus <laughs> and Hell." Jesus and Hell, and it was based out of Matthew twenty-five, thirty-one through forty-one. Josh, as we normally do. Yeah, you've got your scriptures there. Yep, I'm Would you just that read that out? Uh, read that that text, and then we'll we'll dive in. I've got my coffee cashed out here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read the entire thing. Okay. Uh, he he jumped around a little bit. I'm going to read all the way. I'm going to all read ten verses. All yeah, good. It says this. This is a reading out of the New Living Translation. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him. Then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Right? We mm -hmm. hit on that you know, a good bit yesterday. Mm -hmm. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. And then he goes on to say, like, hey, I was this and you didn't do it. Yeah. I was this and you didn't do it. Yep. And he says, well, when did we do that and not do that? Mm -hmm. Well, whenever you didn't do this for the, the least, least of my brothers of and my sisters. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ryan kind of came right out of the gate and... I don't think a lot of maybe listeners and viewers know this, but the two topics that Jesus talks about the most in his ministry, the two topics he talks about the most are hell and money, our faithfulness with stewardship with what God has given us financially, and then eternity, um, this, this reality of heaven and hell. Um, 
And culture really makes light of it. Like, culture seems to make light of of this place. Uh, why do you think that is, Josh? That was one of the first questions I wanted to ask you. Why do you think we make light of of hell? Well, I think because if we can if we can make it a joke, we don't have to grapple with the serious reality of it. Mm. But I mean, which is kind of weird, right? The way that we've utilized that, you know, it's. Uh, I remember always like scratching my head when people be like, "Oh man, it's like cold as hell." I'm like, mm-hmm. are you are you familiar with the terminology? Like, <clears throat> yeah. I'm like, this doesn't Hot make it. as would or, work or or yeah. funny at like I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, that's funny as hell. Like, right. So 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 not funny at all. Yeah, you're, you're saying it's not funny, of, yeah. like even a little bit. Like, yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. I wonder where that is. It entomology. The entomology. Yeah. Where does that come from? I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, somebody, somebody, Google that. You know who's going to know the answer to that? Ingrid. George. Oh, George or Ingrid? See, I, th- I, might, I think both of those are good yeah, guesses. They are highly intelligent people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, very smart people. You guys have had the privilege of seeing both of them on yes, the podcast. So. Yes, that was a joy. Um, yeah, I, as I was thinking about that question, you know, why do we make light of hell? Why do we make jokes like that? I thought Ryan did a great job of kind of uh, bringing that to the surface, but to say. Uh, it is deeply rooted in a reality of not knowing uh, how to deal with it. Mm. Maybe how to deal with being um, finite to say, Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm actually mortal. Like I'm going to die. And if there isn't anything after this, what does that mean? Versus. But I, but I think we all, we all have that imprinted on us, the, the, the knowledge that there is more. Mm-hmm. I think this is why, because sometimes you're like, man, why do some of these, and it's changed. I was just reading an article in Christianity Today about kind of the, the, the changing face of atheism, you know, for a, a, a little bit there, probably, eh, we'll say 20 years, mm-hmm. 20 years. <clears throat> like you had this really militant branch of atheism and like they were like, and maybe here, here I'm doing the very thing. But they're hell bent on mm-hmm. convincing everybody how stupid you are if you right. believe in God, right? right. And it's like, man, why, why are you so adamant? <clears throat> so adamant. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think it's sometimes, and I can't, I can't speak for every atheist out there. And not every atheist is militant. Not every mm-hmm. atheist is a jerk. There's some very sure. peaceful kind. I have a family member who's an atheist. Yeah. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Sure. Um, but I think sometimes it's it's like a they need to convince themselves <laughs> because mm-hmm. because if I actually come to terms with this this imprinted knowledge of eternity, this imprinted uh, recognition that there is a creator, well, that affects the way that I live my life. Standards, right? They're like I so, I can't keep doing the same things I'm doing yeah. because this being exists and this being has told us how we are and are not to live our lives and i don't like it when people tell me what to do so you're saying that part of part of being an image bearer uh, part of being created in the image of god is a is a even a subconscious understanding of eternity i i believe that we have that imprinted on us okay. uh, it, along with morality Right? Yeah, like, well, like of course. We, I mean, that's so, so you have this, you uh, yeah, have this, yeah, this yeah. innate sense. Yes. Now, again, there are people that yes that gets broken, and that's why you've got serial Sociopaths. killers. And yeah. yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. so this isn't like yeah. a 
yeah. But, but I think I think we have that in us. Mm-hmm. We are physical beings, but we are also spiritual beings, right? And mm-hmm. and there is that within us that will exist into eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on some level, I believe we know that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, and sometimes that 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 uh, existential <laughs> part of thinking uh, can be a little bit too much for people to to bear, and so they we do we come up with all sorts of different ideas as to why. Um, but I think another reason why people make light of it, whether culture makes light of it, is ultimately so that they don't have to deal with what you just said. Mm. That hell is actually. Uh, submission the reality of hell is a is a submission to god it's to say there is this standard and god says as you accept the atonement for the breaking of that standard you spend forever with me versus if you reject that gift you choose to spend eternity separated from me um like you're saying that people don't want to be told what to do right you know ultimately there's and that's like I, I think of Isaiah, what is it? This is 14, where the enemy says, I will ascend. Oh, I will. Nope. I will nope. take the throne. I will be like the most high. The same lie that the enemy told Eve in the garden is his bend the whole time. And then again, after the flood with yes. Babel, right? I mean, it's exactly. like, we will ascend to the heavens. Yeah. And it's like, oh, a tower. <clears throat> we don't learn. Mm-hmm. We, we continue to try. That's where I think mm-hmm. that quote from that, that record, I think mm-hmm. we continue to try to, to mm-hmm. put ourselves above God. Mm-hmm. Like it, that's, that's been the pursuit of humanity since we jacked it all up in the beginning. And what's so amazing so, is like so much of, of, of like even pagan culture it's all about appeasing a lower G God. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, if we make this sacrifice, we do this thing, uh, some horrific things that we'll talk later about that Ryan mentioned in his message, but then our crops will be good right. or we'll be fertile. Most of it, most of pagan worship, like which 99% is a, of it is fertility, which is a subtle, <clears throat> a subtle, uh, you know, position of, I control the gods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get the God to do mm-hmm. what I want by pulling a lever by doing this thing. Mm-hmm. So I ultimately, I say what the gods do. Yeah. I mean, so even, even yeah. in pagan culture, we're in charge versus the gospel is so uh, counter to that idea the counter that notion. The gospel is, is a message that says there is a standard. You've broken that standard. And there is nothing <laughs> you can't ever meet it. <laughs> you can do nothing to fix this, which problem. I loved. I loved. I mean, Ryan and Ryan addressed that. Well, hey, I'm a good person. Like, mm-hmm. like how oh, what did he say towards the end? Like, you can't behave your way out of hell. It's, I mean, something, yeah. something to that effect. Yeah. You know, like, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you could be the best person in the world mm-hmm. uh, and you're not good enough. I thought he was going to go down the road of asking the, the real normative questions like, I've, I've never killed anyone. Like I've never been unfaithful to my wife. Like I've never blah, 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 you know, and we do these comparison things. That's a, that's a pagan, that's a false narrative because it's, it's like, if I can only be better or, or appease this false God, then I can ascend. Right. As long as I'm better than that person. Right. I should get in. And ultimately (laughs) 
you can always find that person. Like you can always compare yourself to somebody and be better than that person oh, yeah. in your own eyes. Right. You know, not knowing the heart. Um, yep. But Jesus addresses that. Everything, yeah. Everything's a heart issue. So and, and at heart level, we're all on a level playing ground. Level. Right? Like completely level. <laughs> yeah. But, but no. Jesus did have these, these topics, hell and money being um, the biggest one. And, and one of the things that Ryan said right out of the gate is that, you know, this rejection of, of the reality, like the, the reality of hell, it does lead us to a theology of universalism. I think we need to spend some time talking about universalism because, Josh, I wish it was true. I do, too. Oh, my goodness. I wish that it was true. And there are and there, the listeners and viewers. So universalism, uh, uh, I mean, in a, in a nutshell, is everybody gets in. Eventually, some eventually. sooner than others. Eventually. Well, and, and, and there's there's going to be, you know, some variance right. in, in your belief there. Right. So some would say, oh, even if hell does exist, mm-hmm. <clears throat> maybe you go there for a little bit mm-hmm. and you realize, oh, man, this was a bad idea. I mm-hmm. I want to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus and and the thing with most of these, sometimes people write it off as like, well, that's crazy. How could mm-hmm. you ever read the Bible and think come that. to that? Yeah. Well, you read in second peter three mm-hmm. where he says well god desires that all be saved his desire is universal right <laughs> yeah so wait so does yeah. so does god not always get what he wants like uh <laughs> and some people would yeah. come come out and say yeah. <clears throat> it's impossible for god to not get what he wants so if god wants everybody to be saved yeah <clears throat> everybody will be saved right and i mean and there are a couple of places man i don't know why i got this frog in my throat this is nuts um sorry for all my my coughing and like whatever um you know so but they would say okay well then that's what must happen right god Mm -hmm. loves everybody Mm -hmm. so maybe after some time in hell Mm -hmm. everyone comes to a place eventually like you said where they would come into the loving arms of jesus Mm -hmm. which is a a beautiful idea it is like again like you it said I, I i would love if that were true mm-hmm. i just i don't i i don't think we can there's no. not a great case for that in scripture there are some passages mm-hmm. that you could take and say mm-hmm. yeah maybe that's the way that it is yeah um but i don't overall philosophically the problem with that sort of perception is it completely deconstructs the entire meaning of existence completely Wow, you just you went like huge. If you one. have no if you have no will and no participation in a relationship with God, there's no meaning for life anymore. And there we we really are automatons. Like we really are just puppets on the end of a string with this divine being who is uh saving all, destroying all, whatever. He he becomes this uh very pagan type of God where it must be appeased or not appeased or whatever. Uh, but when you, yeah, when you, when you reduce things that, that much, it all, everything fragments. Well, which the interesting thing, and Ryan quoted C.S. Lewis yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some stuff that C.S. Lewis wrote that you could actually take as like, uh, is he a universalist? Right. But, uh, and we've probably, have we talked about the great divorce? Yes. On here? Yeah. We have. Yeah. 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 So I'll re- reference back to that. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that he kind of arrives at in that work is, even if they were given a chance, mm-hmm. people in hell were given a chance mm-hmm. to go to heaven. Right. They wouldn't. 
Right. Like the things that, because what they perceive to be heaven is hell, hell to them. Yes. Right. Like Ryan the, did a great job at that. The thing, the yeah. things that, you know, resulted mm-hmm. in them being in hell in the first place mm-hmm. would render heaven very uncomfortable for them. Yes. You know, yes. because, the, and, you know, heaven is a place where, uh, you know, God is Lord and mm-hmm. King and ruler yeah. of all. Yeah. And hell is a place where everybody who says, nope, I'm in charge, mm-hmm. uh, they kind of get to exist in that. <laughs> and we see prophetically in the very last days that same sort of belligerent finger to the sky sort of behavior in those who after, and again, whatever your feelings are on rapture or not rapture, but after the people of God are not present in that reality, it says that these people still fight against jesus they're fighting him like the all of the armies of the earth it says come against the son of god like to try to battle with him (laughs) after they've seen all of these miracles like they've seen these trumpet blasts they've seen the these bowls poured out this judgment and like this power that is unleashed on the earth unspeakable unknowable and it says they still try to fight this one it's uh it's an obstinance it's like it's hard to understand you think if you saw something like that you'd be like oh yeah this this being is god like the like the the centurion around the cross surely this is the son of god <laughs> um josh the idea of universalism as well is is really concerning um because i think it's being informed by some stats that ryan shared and listeners viewers oh. whether you caught this or not it's really important that we and i think it it solidifies the importance of this entire series and maybe particularly this message among evangelical christians lifeway research lifeway books where most of us buy our bibles and things like that lifeway research did a a poll of evangelical christians keep that in your mind this is the lens we're looking through evangelical christians 40 percent of them so if in case you're wondering that's the tribe we're in yep <laughs> two out of every five do not believe that hell is a thing. I don't know if that's scarier or the second stat that he. The second stat I mean, that's is more even your, more that's, concerning. I mean, because they're, they're both universalist mm-hmm. uh, in in. But this is the nature. purest form. But the second stat is that sixty percent of evangelical Christians are universalists in their belief. They believe all paths lead believe, to Rome. Yeah, they believe there are multiple paths to God. Yeah. Buddhism, whatever, whatever. Allah, whatever, Muslims, uh, the faiths that we would see are outside of the fold, right? We have all, and we've had a lot of conversation recently about the difference between the universal church, which is the Catholic church. Uh, not the, which is not to say that they're not universal. Roman, not Roman Catholic, but Catholic yeah. in. So like, if you read the, the apostles Catholic. creed, right? The word Catholic is in there. That's not talking about the Roman Catholic Mm-mm. church. It's talking about. We use the language of the big C church. Mm-hmm. Same like words. This is the, the worldwide church, the people that are following Jesus. Right. So. But this is 60% of, of our Catholic brothers and sisters. And then also the 35,000 denominations or varieties, uh, flavors of, of um, reformed. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. Protestantism. Uh, 60% believe that all paths lead or that there's other paths. That's scary. If we say we follow Jesus, what did Jesus say about it? He yeah. said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody. Yeah. How many people, JB? 
nobody comes to the father <laughs> except through me. So. Yeah. And Ryan used some terms that I think are important. He actually shared a couple of quotes. What we're seeing in this sort of belief system is, is humanism and humanism is the exaltation of human thought above all else. It's, it's anthropomorphic is the word. This is where people become. Now I'm trying to remember where I was just reading an article and they kind of, they kind of take beef with how how uh the secular world has kind of grabbed a hold of humanism because mm -hmm. humanism in, in itself was not necessarily a, a heresy right um but so now we talk about secular humanism but it has that, evolved yes mm -hmm. yes they've yeah. kind of you know, co-opted that uh yeah some of the philosophy and the terminology yeah, yeah and and that's you know a couple of universalists that i really really respect ryan mentioned one of them uh, Rob Bell um, and Father Richard Rohr. These are two people. In fact, I was just this last week listening to a podcast. A dear friend of mine sent me a podcast featuring Richard Rohr and Ro uh, Rob Bell. And I'm listening to it. And I'm like, with both of them on there? Yeah. Rob Bell uh, interviewed Richard Rohr. And they huh. are doing they're do they're doing some things together, but anyway, I'm listening to this and I'm I'm probably like ten or fifteen minutes in and I'm just like s just basking in this. This is amazing. Like, and then I start hearing this vein coming from both of these people and it's clearly a rejection of hell it's clearly a rejection of judgment and it is clearly universalism the, the hardest thing about it is because universalism is couched in this truth and here you, you i believe this all truth is god's truth i believe that when I hear a Buddhist or a Muslim or I hear uh, anyone even outside of the faith that is speaking a truth about God, they got that, I believe, from the, the image bearing nature that they have. They've warped it. But when I hear a Buddhist say, hey, you need to love others uh, more than yourself. I'm like, hmm, I've heard that before. <laughs> I, I, I've heard that before. So what you are saying is true. All truth Big T truth is God's truth. Yes. But that does not equate to equal access to the father. No, it doesn't. So I could have, yes, I could have yeah. a piece of the truth, mm -hmm. but if I don't have Jesus the galaxies away. Yeah. 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 And I do think, I do think, uh, you know, sadly Rob Bell and, and, and guys like him have gone the distance in their, in their, I think philosophical pursuits and come to that end come to universalism yeah which so and i don't know what's your what's your take on that excuse me when we talk i mean i know what i think but like i would i would say that that is truly a gospel issue it is so can you be united with <clears throat> and, and this isn't yeah. trying to pick on them because I, I will say this rob bell brilliant do you remember the, the teacher, Numa, the Numa, Numa videos? His like oh. the gods aren't angry. Yeah, brilliant teacher. Yeah, um, yeah. and I agree. He just and Father Richard Rohr theologically. I mean, he he uh, a lot with the disciplines and oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the disciplines come from our uh, the desert fathers and desert mothers. Like we can say what we want, but it comes from ancient ancient Christianity. Uh, yeah, but at any rate. I, I am with you, Josh. That is a that is a bridge burner. That is a deal breaker uh, because that questions the, the character and nature of Jesus. And that is where everything 
you either make it or break it period with jesus mm-hmm. and universalism is a rejection of jesus it is I don't know that they would say that. No, because he's included. He's included in the soup. He's one of the many ways. Ryan, Uh, what did Ryan call it? A Christian buffet. Yeah. You know, he he talked about, you know, we've all been to Golden Corral, right? You go. And when you're a kid, what did you do first? You go to the ice cream machine, of course, immediately and put as many M&Ms on top of that as you can. Of course you did. Um, And a lot of Christians we're finding are are doing this sort of picking and choosing mm-hmm. of doctrinal. And this is this comes full circle, and I'm just going to leave this here and we'll move on. I am still personally in a journey trying to discover where is the vein of authority. I serve and I submit and I work at a Wesleyan church, John Wesley, right? Okay, so there's a vein of authority that came through John Wesley, uh, Methodism, that informs my current practices in faith. Not all of them, but some of them. Um, but it that's a flavor, man. That's that's a Baskins and Robbins thirty-one. Yeah. Fla- it's a flavor. Wesleyanism is a flavor. It's just one of the thirty-five thousand denominations. And my pursuit, my my desire, is to find where is where is the common vein of truth. And I do believe uh-huh. it is the Spirit, and I do believe it is the Word. But it can't be those things alone. The church fathers, the traditions of the fathers must be included. It cannot just be the canon of scripture. And I know that I'll freak people out when I say that, um, but well, I do believe that. Well, but again, you, I, I would, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because <clears throat> I'm making a statement about you, so I could be wrong. Mm. <clears throat> you would still say, though, that traditions have to align with scripture. 100%. So, I mean, so there's still a benchmark. It's a mutual submission. <clears throat> yes. 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 I can't say, oh, well, Which this, is, is, what, this why, is what the church fathers did. Even yes. though it violates something in scripture, you would say, nope, no, that's, that's Which not is a tradition why that biblically is we, mu- we had to protest. <clears throat> it's <clears throat> why Martin Luther was correct yeah. in reforming. He wanted to bring reform because there were, I mean, indulgences. Come on. <laughs> that is not in the Bible. That is not in the Bible. Um you can't find that. And you can't find that in the examples of Jesus. You can't. You cannot find that uh, in the examples, in the traditions of the church fathers. Mm-hmm. This is something that evolved out of the church. It required reform. Uh, but I'm still seeking that. I'm still saying, you know, and that's maybe where I'm more open to saying, okay, you know, look, I see Richard Rohr and Rob Bell uh, as, as wise men who have a form of faith and I see little bits of things, I'll say very buffet style, <laughs> that I could just pick and, and glean from. Uh, but they're not authoritative. Well, no, uh, because they've... <clears throat> they're humans. They've, well, and they've ventured from yeah. orthodoxy. Orthodox. And, so, and that's probably <clears throat> the bigger thing I will say. Where does orthodoxy come from and who decides? Mm. What is orthodox? Like, What is orthodox for my faith as a follower of Jesus? What's orthodox for your faith? And that authority, that vein of authority is something that's really important to me to continue to consider, which is why I say, I'm going to use a kitschy phrase here. I am deconstructing every day. See, you got to unpack that because there's so much (laughs) negative baggage with that. You have to. The deconstruction, there's two veins of deconstruction, right? You've got it. You've got it. You've got a vein of deconstruction where it says, uh, I'm tearing down everything that I understand about God and coming to a place of no faith. And then I'm going to build back. That is not the vein of deconstruction that I'm, 
I'm saying I am going to deconstruct all the things that have been traumatically imposed upon me through religious domination, legalism, false teaching, and trauma to reveal who Jesus and what it means to be with Jesus day in and day out during my practices, during my connection with him. What is actually real? What is real in my connection with God apart from what I've been told? So I think there's healthy and unhealthy. Oh, I agree. And I, and I think, you know, as, as human beings, we're prone to tribalism. So, well said. you know, sometimes we, you know, you go back to your whole, like, you know, well, we're in this Wesleyan church, like John Wesley didn't have a monopoly on mm -hmm. how to follow Jesus. Right. Did John Wesley have some really good things? Some of the best things. Yes. Yes, he did. Like did, did Holy Spirit use John oh, Wesley man. in really powerful ways? Yes. yes. Um, but I think he also used John Kelvin <laughs> and John, yeah. probably some other John, <laughs> John Wimber, Chuck Smith. There's yeah. Father Richard Rohr, Father Ronald Rollheiser. So uh, yes. I think there's, 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 there can be benefit in understanding some of the standards of faith. But I think sometimes we get too locked into our tribe. Mm -hmm. And we we think everyone else it's an us versus them kind yeah. of tell, <clears throat> and that's not that's not yeah reality yeah I mean there are there are truths that we would do well to to sit at the feet of you know Martin Luther and John Kelvin mm -hmm. there are things that we're like oh well what yeah. did Jacob Arminius have to say mm -hmm. about this what did John Wesley have to say yeah. about this you know what did you know Augustine mm -hmm. and you know all, you know go back and. Mm -hmm. explore the the different different things what we know <clears throat> from jesus own mouth that i'm going to use this phrase on purpose jesus was ecumenical jesus was was pro ecumenism he wants his church today to be one he wants his people to be one he wants his church to be to be one to be unified around the truths of who he is yes so ecumenism in a worldly sense now is just saying let's set aside the fact that you are a universalist rob bell and let's <laughs> and just say we can have the same we're we, we're preaching the same gospel no no sadly brother because universalism not. is a rejection it's of a the false gospel, gospel. <laughs> it's a false teaching yeah it is and so that's not the ecumenism that jesus is for mm -hmm. because it's it, the ecumenism is it's based on him it's based on his his broken body, his shed blood. It's him. It's Jesus who unifies us. He's our head. We are the body. Um, I don't know how we, we got we got. That's sorry. all right. It's good. That's how we do. We do. Yes. <laughs> I, well, back to back to the differences. I think between uh, um, the worldly discipleship and even the discipleship by the word. Uh, Ryan Ryan used these two phrases, and I thought was fantastic. The difference being moral relativity versus moral specificity S mm. speak on that a little bit josh well moral um, relativity it's just it's just that cultural you know uh narrative of hey like your truth my truth it's like whatever yeah hey you know as, as long as it mm -hmm. doesn't hurt nobody it's cool like which fragments reality <laughs> right completely it's like what like yeah. how does that even work yeah uh, and how do i know yeah. when i did hurt somebody and how who defines that we don't who gets to who get yeah. what if my truth is that what I did didn't hurt anybody? Yeah. But if <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you keep up with that. Dude, that'd be such a like that's such a such an overwhelming This is the, the like 
purest definition of, of anarchy. That's the purest <laughs> Everybody definition. Everybody does what they want to do. <laughs> so so funny, the radio station I worked at when I first was born again, that we had this like comedy sketch group that would do these radio spots and they'd send them in. And they did this one spot there. It was called, it, the, this guy comes up to someone in public. He's like, hey, I'm from the church of two by fours. And the person's like, wait, what? And he cracks this guy over the head with a two by four and says, that's how you get to heaven by, by breaking a two by four over a person's head. Right. And the whole idea was, was this idea of moral, moral relativism. <laughs> if, if there is no God and if there is no right and wrong, I mean, we're getting into deep waters here, all reality fragments, everything spirals out. It is gone. We know nothing. We are nothing. There is nothing without that rock solid standard of, of God and his word. His existence is the meaning of reality outside of that. We have, we have nothing. Yeah. So that's that, that relativity. Like, yeah. Hey, whatever versus <laughs> God has been specific. You know, if, if you want to, if you want to really look at how we got the scriptures that we have, Josh McDowell does uh, senior has a phenomenal series of books called evidence that demands a verdict. It's three volumes. I went through this in Bible college. One of the uh, volumes specifically, a whole section talks about the canon. Mm. How did we get the canon? It's miraculous. Like the way we got the scriptures is miraculous. Um, one of the other things that stood out to me, Josh, it really uh, I thought was amazing was the way that Ryan coupled the idea of words, uh, the word of God, the commands of God, the laws of God as loving instruction. Now this isn't new to me because mm. we coming from the Messianic Hebrew roots movement, that was a very common thing that we talked about. Uh, but that idea that is loving instruction, like um, he, he, he talked about guardrails. He talked about fences. How do you see that? Uh, you're talking, you're talking just the idea because he had made that statement. Like it takes the whole Bible to make a whole disciple. Like, I mean, kind well, of that, in that it's vein. like God's rules are or, just meant to screw up my life. Oh, and like, I'm not having fun oh, versus well, which it, that in and of itself is like, where do we get the idea that fun is the ultimate right pursuit? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think I <laughs> step on some toes here. I think some of that is a cultural thing. It is. Cause what is, <clears throat> what was our country built on? <laughs> god-given rights to the pursuit of happiness no where's that in scripture yeah right it's not there no it's not there. <laughs> no we were promised suffering that's right yeah, life we were... liberty and the pursuit of happiness is, is what we're said oh apparently our creator endowed us with these rights mm -hmm. no right no uh I, I don't think that he did yeah uh so now yeah we do we think that like the pursuit of happiness is like the ultimate the end uh, all achievement mm -hmm. and you know, who are you to tell me that I can't have this thing? Because it makes me happy. Right. It makes me happy. Right. When that is not, that's not the end. Uh, what is it? The um, Westminster, West, Westminster Convention, the chief end of man uh, is Dude, to love God and to, ah, uh, my dad's going to know. Dad, you need to comment on YouTube with the, because I'm the totally chief end of man too. is to, to love God and enjoy his presence or forever, some, something forever. Like yeah. Something yeah. to those. Is that, that's, that's true. The Westminster shorter catechism. Shorter catechism. I think, yeah. I think that's answer. That's one. Mm -hmm. That's like the first one in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which says a lot. It says plenty. It says enough. <laughs> Many of our ancient confessions say plenty. Uh, it's actually an interesting exercise. I love, um, you know, every now and then I'll bust out my Heidelberg Catechism and go through that just mm -hmm. point by point. You you want something like it's a it's a I won't say it's short, 
But I mean, it's it's statements of faith mm-hmm. with ape loads mm-hmm. of <laughs> scripture mm-hmm. to to back it up. Yeah. So, but I mean, just yeah. Our chief end is not to glorify me mm-hmm. or you right. <laughs> or anybody else. Yeah. But that's the way that we function. We do. You know, ultimately we want whatever mm-hmm. glorifies and, and best suits our needs and preferences. And isn't so. that rooted in a deep rejection of, of the reality of eternity? That's deeply rooted in saying, I got to get all mine now. Like I got to be as happy as I can be right now because hell and heaven deeply inside. Maybe I don't even believe that it's real. I, Ryan but, said But even this. if you do though, yeah. no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I don't want to. Ryan wanna. says what you believe about eternity will affect how you live today. But even even if we would say that we accept eternity, I think you see this play out uh, negatively in that this is where that well, I'm a good person, right, comes in. Like we've we've set ourselves up as the the kind of the arbiter of like, well, this is the standard mm-hmm. to get into eternity, right? I I recognize that there's an eternity. Pretty sure I make the cut because I have deemed that mm-hmm. I am a good person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've we've met ourselves the standard. You've enthroned uh, yourself. So, yeah. 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 So that, that thread kind of plays out in a, in a few different ways. I liked the, the really strong challenge that Ryan brought kind of post that question, which was maybe this is why we don't evangelize. Mm. Maybe this is why we aren't as serious about telling our neighbors about Jesus, because <clears throat> somewhere deep inside, we don't really believe what Jesus said. We don't really believe that there is a Gehenna, that there is this this separation from God for eternity. And I love the way Ryan, you know, he he unpacked some of the physicality of that and the and the language uh, parallels. But ultimately, he said, "Is it really a place of fire? Like you're literally inside of a furnace or something? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. But we what we do know is that it is a place of separation from the Creator. It's not a good. You don't want to be there. No." I mean, that's whether it's literal fire, uh, whether it's literal darkness, whether, you know, whatever it is, uh, it's not a place you want to be. We want to dive into, as we close, we want to dive into the last four questions that Ryan posed. But before we do that, what else, Josh, in the message? I don't want to rush past this. Um, Great message. Yeah, dude, he covered, man, he's covering a ton of ground and it's hard to... it's hard to drill it into just like yeah we need we need a like this to me feels like uh the concentrated version that we're getting on sundays i feel like we need um he needs like two hours each message to really really unpack it let's uh let's jump into the questions okay i i'm mean, just okay so for i'm looking at the I'm yeah. looking at the <laughs> we've got four questions and again number four i didn't get to write down because the band got called on stage but same uh so. yes yeah josh was <laughs> josh was with me uh so uh josh played bass it was awesome uh question number one was and he answered this pretty plainly why did god create hell and the answer is in the text that you read josh which yep. was he says that's prepared it's a place prepared for the devil and his angels right like who we know from weird. the the accounts in scripture um a third of the angels, this was sometime before creation, um, Lucifer, this archangel in heaven, uh, chose to rebel, and a third of the angels, the host of heaven, chose to follow him. And he was cast down. He was cast down. And thus this entity uh, was created, which tells us that the host of heaven had free will as well. Mm. It's a whole other discussion on the reality of <laughs> existence, meaning of life, 
it's rooted in free will, but anyway. Uh, so why did God create hell definitely as a place of punishment for those who originally rebelled and sh- and wanted to be like God? It, what we do know it was not created for believers. Well, not created well, for, for people. 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 Well, now, but, now but that, gets, <laughs> that gets into some of your theology differences it too, does. though, when it says it's been prepared for you from the creation of the world. Yes. Yeah, your name is written in a book uh, of life. Was it added? Was it subtracted? Well, but also yeah. is that the elect? Yes. <laughs> is oh, that- <laughs> yeah. Sovereignty comes into question. There's a lot of those. Uh, yeah. um, but, num- yeah. but, he, but he said, he told us exactly what yeah. hell is for. So. Mm-hmm. That we don't have to we don't have to guess no about that no we don't and then uh, what was question number two Josh uh, I said what is hell like uh, and that's where he he referenced like eight different passages extrapolate again you you see hey there's there's a lot of imagery of fire mm-hmm. and it talks about darkness yeah. weeping and gnashing of teeth right like you know these are things that right typically refer to this place of judgment right uh, not a good place no again even if you know even if those things are not literal right they all represent something uh that is a uh yeah not a preferable eternity ultimately not being in the presence of god because we even you know believers and unbelievers proverbs uh, says the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike or is it psalms um the, even unbelievers people who are image bearers they sense and know uh the voice of god inside of them they know it there's a moral like resonance that happens but also as we're here on earth the the creation is speaking of the creator to Mm. to believers and unbelievers alike i mean i was just watching so i was watching uh, i watched part of my my uncle my uncle dave he's a pastor yeah uh, uh, and they still do an evening service so i was watching their live stream of their evening Mm -hmm. service last night for a little bit while i was making dinner and uh and he hit on general and special revelation. Mm-hmm. General revelation being this idea Perfect. that that we yeah. see in nature. Like you mm-hmm. look around the world, yeah. and and there's something in us that recognizes, yeah. okay, there's something bigger out there. Even like, the most <laughs> blasphemous and hateful atheist I have, heard, Richard Dawkins. Eventually, what did he come to? Richard Dawkins eventually comes to uh, a creator, and he said it was Martians. <laughs> and eventually he said it was aliens but eventually people and, and most scientists where did the aliens come from yeah most scientists like... completely <laughs> ignore uh our modern scientific uh definitions and realities around creation they say there there had to be this is what they say id intelligent design they won't say god of the bible but there had to be intelligent d- design to even if you believe evolution there had to be intelligent de- design to basically get the 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 inertia moving down the track. Um, yeah, right. I don't know how we got there. I, I'm actually trying. I'm playing it back in my yeah. mind. Like, where did I don't know where are we going with that? Yeah. Uh, question number three. How <laughs> this was a really hard one, Josh. And I feel like we could do an entire podcast about this. And this is also why universalism is so appealing. Question number three. How can a loving God send people to hell? Well, which I actually, I don't like, uh, I let, I follow a guy on YouTube, uh, Tim Barnett, it's called red pen logic. Mm-hmm. He's got really cool videos. Um, but he, he, he takes a lot of posts from people on TikTok and YouTube, whatever. And he, and he kind of dissects it. And, and he took <clears throat> issue with that, the response, well, how could a loving God send somebody to hell? Well, he doesn't send them there. They choose it. Mm-hmm. And, and so then you've got somebody spouting off on TikTok like, oh, well, if I could, if I choose it, well, then I just, I just choose not to go to hell. 
It's like, well, it doesn't work like that. Right. Well, so then God is sending me to hell. And Tim <laughs> Barnett uh, is right. Yes. G God does send you to hell yeah. because you chose your sin over yeah. him. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, it's semantic, so, but not really. Yes, yes, but yeah. I mean, I mean, so like, yeah, we we do have a choice. Yeah, right to where we're like, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's still such a difficult question. I, I leaned over to my wife uh, Lisa yesterday during, and I said, and I'm going to be transparent, listeners, viewers, I've yet to hear an answer to this question that has satisfied me. I've yet to hear hmm. one. I, I've yet to hear an answer that truly satisfies this question. So go, go back to our conversation though, about like the great divorce and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Like let's say, and this is probably a, a grossly imperfect example. Let's say one of my children hates broccoli. Mm -hmm. right? Is it loving for me to now like sit there and every meal, I'm going to force you to eat broccoli. Like, I know that you hate broccoli. Like, right. it, it makes you throw right. up in your mouth. Right. <laughs> but I'm going to force you to eat this broccoli. Yeah. Like, is that a loving thing for me to do as a father? No. No. So if, if you have people but that... But a couple times it is. Yeah. <laughs> to at least figure out, oh, man, this makes them puke. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we get the vitamins and nutrients? Right. Where do we get that vitamin else? K? Uh, <laughs> let's make a salad. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I mean, that wouldn't be loving. <clears throat> I'd probably actually they'd, they'd probably call CPS on me if they found out like you're just force feeding your kid broccoli right. uh, and it makes them vomit right uh, so go back to what C.S. Lewis says right like we we choose things right I <clears throat> and this again this is probably a, pick this apart pick this apart right if somebody is in a place where they absolutely reject God <clears throat> have no desire to submit to his will is it is it loving for him to now force them to spend eternity in a place where he is <laughs> the will who is mm -hmm. imposed? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Again, yeah. maybe that's that's the way my brain works. I don't know if that it's probably not a good answer. Well, and, but, and that's why universalism becomes really appealing, because what it says is that once once a person and you and I and followers have already gotten to this place. But once a person has been exposed to the vast and eternal love of God it does become irresistible grace. Mm. Like it is towards the reformed side of things. Like the day I was saved, I sensed a voice speaking to me in my consciousness, asking me if I wanted to be free from my life of sin. And I felt a prompting to respond with my free will and agree with what this voice, I believe the mm. voice of God was saying to me and to submit to the freedom that he wanted to bring me. Now, some people would say, you you could not have said no mm. it would have been impossible for you to resist the grace and love of god is irresistible well if it is irresistible then universalism might be true uh, well do but, you see it but you you if we're gonna pick and if we're gonna pick parts of the tulip right right but some of that is based on total depravity Yes. because you know if if you define total depravity as there's nothing within me that can can respond positively to god right then i am wholly dependent on him right. it it is only his grace that can yeah you know and we are robots change me right yeah but well i, I don't know if they say that but yes what i was saying so we can't yeah. we can't just pluck the one out and right 
because we have to understand it in the context of, of yeah. the other mm-hmm. you know, core doctrines there. But. And total depravity is also in the face of, of universalism as well, because total depravity says what it means that, you know, there is nothing good. Whereas uh, a universalist and or maybe someone who isn't fully reformed would say, yes, we are depraved. We are sinful, fallen in nature, but we are image bearers and we still have a spark inside that can respond to the creator even though we are outside of i mean you're not saying that if you're within if you're like a like a five-point calvinist no you're not you're not saying that's what i'm saying (laughs) okay because i'm not a five-point calvinist (laughs) yes no i'm not um and and early i can't okay i can't speak for every calvinist out there sure so there's all kinds i apologize if i've misrepresented again there's a lot of flavors there's a lot of varieties yes. of, of perceptions. And you cannot, I will say this, and we told our institute students this, because, and I've, I've talked about this before, right? When we taught, kind of, we taught Tulip, right? because we want to make people, hey, yeah. it's not just Wesleyan flavor out there. There are other, there yeah. are other sets of beliefs out there yeah. within the Christian Not just Armenian. Faith. Right. Like, it's, it's not just our, our little flavor. And there was a visceral response against it. Against Tulip? <clears throat> against Tulip. Sure. But it's like. Read scripture. There's some truth there. Like uh, you can't get away from <laughs> no. some of these ideas. No, you cannot. <laughs> it's there. No, um, no. But yeah, I, and I've told you the whole uh, lifeboat story, and and that has helped me lean more towards reformed thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I also, again, is it was it irresistible? Was it my my? I've got a dear friend, is PCA uh, Presbyterian Church of America, dear friend Aaron's his name. Um, that I've walked with for many years and we've had a lot of these late night kind of conversations unpacking free will versus uh, election. Um, and that, that story and that way to present that was probably one of the best things that I'd ever heard, uh, towards reformed thinking, mm. uh, because it, 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 re- it reflected my own experience, which again, that's subjective <laughs> question number four <laughs> neither of us have it written down but do you know what it, do you remember what it was i mean it it had to be something because i mean i remember some of his points because we walked on stage and he was just talking about like what what the reality of hell should inspire in us again we What's should our have, response to we, hell <clears throat> that's what it was we should have yeah. you know a heart to reach the lost yeah because if this is a reality and i have of and friends is. and family members mm-hmm. or neighbors or you know Coworkers. Well, mm-hmm. I don't have any, I don't have any coworkers that I've got to worry about. <laughs> but if there are people in my life that are far from God mm-hmm. right now, well, if they got hit by a bus tomorrow, that means they're far from God for eternity. Yeah, you know, and that should that should light a fire under us. Mm-hmm. Now, this one gets a little dicey because we know if you read Scripture, uh, any of the passages about giftings or callings like mm-hmm. evangelist is one of those mm-hmm. and sometimes we take the easy way oh well that's just not my gifting right Nah, yeah right. that might not be your gifting and you can usually tell somebody who is an evangelist yeah like fish like, yeah totally like fish is the kind of guy like mm-hmm. he sees somebody walking across our parking lot i'm gonna go out and talk to that person i'm gonna go meet that person let's let's see if we talk to that person about jesus He's a yellow evangelist <laughs> i mean there are people that have that gift like their heart yeah is is heavily burdened yeah. just in general that there are mm-hmm. people in this world Beautiful. that don't know jesus and i'm grateful that we have those Me people too. that's not my gifting right that's not you know if you go to like the apes that's that's my right. bottom one mm-hmm. i think right my lowest one mm-hmm. but even if that's not your gifting we still have a responsibility to share the gospel with people 
Yeah. Like every every follower of Jesus is called yeah. to go therefore a, into all the earth, baptizing, uh, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we have a, a universal command uh, to evangelize. Yeah. Some more than others. Yeah. And some of yeah. you, it, like it will come more naturally mm-hmm. than for others. But just because it's uncomfortable for you doesn't mean that you get a free pass no. on the on the call and the command yeah. to to do that. It's a Matthew 25 uh, talent parable, right? Like mm-hmm. the evangelism is... Uh, you have it. You're given. You're given the call to tell people about Jesus. Right. Maybe you've only got one talent of it. Maybe somebody make else two has or three. Five, you know, <laughs> just don't bury it in the ground, right? And and people like Fish or other evangelists, they may have ten. You know, they have a hundred x, thousand x return, whatever yeah. it might be. Um, so yeah, I thought this I like, message was I like great. That, uh, I like that. I like that. Now, and we didn't even. Oh, we're we over did an breach hour. an hour. We can't. We, we can't get into annihilationism and ECT. No. <laughs> Which. <laughs> Ryan quoted Chan and Preston Sprinkle from their book called Erasing Hell, which I will tell you, you should read that book. That is a phenomenal book. It's on my shelf, highly highlighted. Um, but Preston Sprinkle of the Center for Faith, uh, Center for Sex and, and Gender and something, something. Faith, Gender and Sexuality. Yeah, Faith, Gender and Sexuality. He has since come to anni- annihilationism. He, he is an annihilationist. Which? you can make a biblical case for a huge case for it 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 all hinges on mm-hmm. some of the phrasings in in greek and yeah yeah but ultimately annihilationism in a in a in a nutshell is this the penalty of sin is death death uh when you when you die you are well, done. So, so there are a couple of variations though. of annihilation. Yeah, there yeah. are a couple. I mean, some yeah. are like when you die, like you're dead, like you cease to exist. Yeah, it's like, black. You know, dark, physical, spiritual, everything. Like yeah. you are no es- essentially annihilated. What, what atheists believe. Yes. I mean, again, I have a, I have an uncle who's an atheist. Mm-hmm. I mean, and his statement is like, mm-hmm. "Hey, when I die, man, I'm just pushing up daisies." Right. Like there's there is no me that will persist right. into right eternity. Right. Um. But then you've got some within the annihilation camp that would would say you you go to hell and it is a place of torture mm-hmm. and there you essentially pay for your sins mm-hmm. purgatory after which mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's different than purgatory oh, it is oh yeah but mm-hmm. I mean so you would you would you would be in hell but then at some point after you have paid your due okay then you are wiped from existence wow so you're still so i mean so it's kind of a combo between ect and uh and and the the i've never heard that brand really no have you ever read so uh uh sprinkle edited a book it's called the four views of hell uh so i read that he did a multiple uh multiple series podcast based on that book that i listened to the podcast but i haven't read the book i need to i need to check that out. okay i mean that would be another Mm -hmm. source for you guys we did Holy cow! How long ago was it, dude? Me and Ryan and you—we did a podcast on this. This was back in like the our whole our whole series on death and dying, hmm. back in the nineteen twenty. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. It's somewhere in there. We did one about yeah. hell, I think. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So there are different yeah. ideas about what hell is like. Mm-hmm. 
you don't want to be there regardless. So. No, but I, we, we would encourage you, you know, go back and watch the video, um, you know, gather, gather your convictions um, from more than one source, you know, check things out, research yourself, trust the Holy Spirit to guide and lead you. Ultimately, if the Holy Spirit, you sense the Holy Spirit's leading you to believe that hell isn't real and that universalism is true you can be sure that's probably not the Holy Spirit because <laughs> um, the scriptures are plain, you know, yeah. it was, is plain. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And don't forget for the first six people who share today's episode, whether on audio or video platforms, uh, three different platforms, three different platforms, uh, the first six people. So this will equate to 18 shares of today's episode, episode 47. You will get, uh, and you have to you have to screenshot the 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 shares. Send it to Josh at the Radiant Life Church, or you you We're can text you one it. Of these cool things here. Check text this it to up. me two six nine two two one eight six four three. Josh, you you are you what? are like a Bob Goff brave guy, man. <laughs> Just throwing your number out there. It's out it. there. It's yeah. out there. Oh, and hey, uh, you have to come pick it up. I had this thought. I'm like, Uh-oh. what if we've got people that are listening to like Texas? I don't want to like ship a mug to Texas, right? So. So it has to be local only? We love you. Well, no, I mean, no, no. No, they could be wherever. Okay. But they just got to come and... I'll ship the mug. Oh, you'll ship I'll it? I'll do it. JB's way nicer no, than me. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't want to mess will, around this will give us a big, big like idea of what's actually going on. What if we actually have a, a cool listener in Texas? All right. If you're in Ecuador and you share it three I times and send me, you. we will ship it to Ecuador. Yeah. I don't know what the exchange rate you're, will be on that. You're way cooler than I am. <laughs> I don't know about that. But... You guys, uh, JB... This has been this episode. Right. <laughs> this has been episode forty-seven of Radiant Reflections. Like, share, subscribe, uh, get yourself a coffee mug. Be cool and get a coffee mug. Yeah, then and, we could uh, all be twins and yeah, twins in it. Tw- twinning, twinning, tw- twinning. I don't know. Yeah. However, it doesn't s- seem like the proper twinning structure, is right. But but like, I as a verb. <clears throat> but I I can go and. I don't. My brain is like <laughs> melting right now. Come back for episode forty-eight <laughs> of Radiant Reflections, and uh, we'll have another conversation around the controversial Jesus uh, which series, which we get into sexuality next time. Whoop! Cats so, out of the bag. Buckle up. Buckle up. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.